0: Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another video, it is Clay. So for this week's video, I thought I would answer some of the questions that have been sent in through the audio question feature on my website. And as I was going through the questions yesterday, I realized there was actually a few really good questions there and I didn't wanna just cram it all into one video. So I decided to maybe spread it out a bit, maybe make two or three videos uh, on these questions. So today I'm actually going to start with just a single question. And this was a topic that I wanted to make a video on anyways. I actually already had some notes on the topic, and I thought maybe it'd be a good opportunity to dive into this issue a little bit because somebody sent in the audio question. So first things first, let's listen to the question. Hi Clay, this is Cherise Bruner from Montana. And I was just wondering what your take might be if you were to do um, like a short video or maybe a little series on the difference between being emotional and emotionally intelligent and kind of how maybe the different cognitive functions play into that and maybe different personality types. Um, I just found your channel just a few weeks ago and I watched the one, you know, the difference between INFJs and INFPs. I thought it was awesome. So thanks for that question. I actually really like how it was phrased. What is the difference between emotional intelligence and just being emotional? I think it's very possible that a lot of people confuse those two things or maybe think of the same thing. You know, if somebody is very emotional, then it might just be assumed that they have high emotional intelligence. Or if somebody is not as emotional, that maybe they have low emotional intelligence. And I personally don't think that is completely the case. So it's a great question, and I'm going to dive into it today. So if you're interested in this issue, stick around. So it seems like people understand what IQ means more often than not. And EQ, which is emotional intelligence or emotional quotient, is a little harder to define. It seems like a lot of people don't really quite grasp what that is. And so while IQ has been going up for the last 100 years, so I actually found some stats that says that in general... The population has been getting higher IQ over the last 100 years. So I find that interesting because it actually shows that perhaps education can raise people's IQs. It's not necessarily just something that you're born with, like this high IQ. So on the other hand, I don't think a lot of people really understand what EQ is. And from what I can tell, on average, we have a pretty low EQ as a society. You know, possible reasons for that. I think it's obvious that people really do value IQ. They value good grades in school. There's this huge push as a society to educate kids. You know, what is the focus of school? It's usually to get good grades. You know, I, I did a degree in computer science, so I did a lot of science and math. There was there was nothing to do with um, emotional issues or relational issues or you know how to have good relationships in a workplace. Like none of that was taught. Which is interesting, right, because a lot of what goes into being successful in life or having a good career and being a successful leader, let's say, I would say a good portion of that success is going to depend on how good of a relational person you are. And how good you are at relationship is directly related to your emotional intelligence. So I found a few stats, actually. Uh, to back this up. I found these interesting. So I'll read a few. Um, Nearly 90% of top performers have a higher level of emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence accounts for 90% of career advancements. Emotional intelligence is responsible for 58% of your job performance. People with high emotional intelligence make $29,000 more per year on average than their counterparts. Almost 85% of your financial success is due to skills in human engineering, personality, and ability to communicate, negotiate, and lead. Only 15% of your financial success is due to technical ability. It's something I didn't really realize until I actually started working myself. So I went to school, like I said, uh, UBC, University of British Columbia in Vancouver, BC. I remember thinking, like, what chance did I have against these super smart people? And what I learned after I went to a company is that a lot of the people that are super, super smart, have super high IQs, they didn't really excel very well in a real work environment, right? Like if they're doing their schoolwork, writing tests, they can, they can excel at that. But when it comes to working in a company, which is there's a lot more going on there than just your technical ability. It's your ability to relate to other people and communicate and understand other people's needs and make them feel comfortable and all these things, right? It was interesting because in that company, I excelled better than people who maybe had got better grades than me. And, you know, that was the first time I kind of realized, hmm, maybe I have something here that, you know, the average tech nerd maybe doesn't have so what is emotional intelligence the best definition i have is emotional intelligence is the ability to identify and manage your own emotions while also being able to identify other people's emotions and react in appropriate ways and then put all that together into meaningful interactions and relationships with other people so you understand yourself you understand them you're empathetic so high eq really is a balance of yourself others and then the interactions between yourself and others it is kind of all three of those things together i think a lot of people might get confused and they might have one of those things or two of those things and then they think they have high emotional intelligence like let's say somebody is very emotional they they might even understand their own feelings and but they might just be completely locked inside their own head and they don't have the ability to empathize with other people's feelings See, I would say that that isn't an example of high emotional intelligence, even though that person might feel like they understand maybe one part of that, which is their own emotions. So to answer this question, I am going to first go through what I think low emotional intelligence looks like. And the first one is a person who just seems sort of oblivious to other people's emotions. And what that is is a lack of empathy. So in contrast, a person with high EQ will be in tune with other people's feelings. There's all kinds of problems that come out of low empathy and not being able to understand other people's feelings. You create These people get super self-centered. Um, they, they miss social cues. They, they're constantly turning conversations back to themselves. They don't you know, explore other people's passions, ideas. Um, oftentimes, the conversations, they kind of just... They kind of rule conversations and pull them back to whatever they want to talk about. Sometimes you might see people, rather than ask you real questions that kind of need a real answer, like they're actually curious about you, um, they will ask questions that almost imply an answer. So like instead of me saying, well, how are you feeling, right? That would be an open-ended question that would allow somebody to answer. I might say, so are you feeling good today? It's asked in such a way that kind of implies, I want you to say you're feeling good. So the second sign of low emotional intelligence is they have trouble managing or identifying their own emotions. And this could come out in a number of ways. This could come out in extremely emotional ways. And this is why I think the answer to the question, is emotional intelligence the same as being emotional? It would be a clear no me. That is, they're not the same thing. Because somebody that is very emotional, it could be that they just don't know how to process their emotions in a healthy way. And so they come out in this, you know, emotional outburst kind of way. Sort of like a toddler. They have not learned at that point in their life how to really process their emotions. They, they obviously have emotions. And then, but they don't almost like, they don't know what to do with those emotions. So they just come out, right, in these huge emotional outbursts. And they start acting, you know, irrational. And obviously, I would not say a toddler is emotionally intelligent. So if a person doesn't understand emotions, it can kind of go one of two ways, it seems. It can come out in these very emotional ways or... On the flip side, people can kind of bottle it and push it down, and then they might appear very stable and mature. And so that's kind of another interesting side of this, is that sometimes you might be like, wow, that person is so mature, and they don't get rattled about anything. And I actually, I'm thinking about somebody right now in my own life that's like this, and I, I used to think, wow, they're so gracious, like somebody could like literally they could have a super emotional person like freak out at them. And if somebody does that to me, it rattles me a little bit, right? This person just never got rattled. And I think that that's actually a sign of low emotional intelligence because they've bottled their emotions so much that it's almost like they don't even let themselves feel at all. So high EQ people, well, use their feelings sort of like messages. What's going on here? I have a, I have a feeling, I'm not gonna push that down, I'm gonna listen to it, lean into it, figure out what's going on here, and then use that feeling as a bit of a message, I guess, in order to interact with the world or the people around them. So a third sign that a person might have low emotional intelligence is this perpetual happiness. They're happy all the time, or they're pretending to be happy all the time. And I'm not saying that people that are happy have low emotional intelligence, but I'm saying that sometimes a sign of low emotional intelligence is a person who is sort of obsessed with being happy. And what can happen, especially when you're a child, if, if you're taught that you know, emotional expression is you know, a bad thing, you can, it seems to me that people can kind of grow up with this idea that if you feel bad, then it is bad. And you should try not to feel bad because then that's better. And I'm thinking of one particular person in my life. And it's almost like you're not even allowed to open up to these people. Because if you are doing anything less than amazing, they get super uncomfortable. And these people can almost shame you for not being happy enough or grateful enough. Like let's say you had a rough week and you're like, yeah, I just had a bit of a rough week. And all of a sudden they're like, but it's better now, right? It's on the up and up, just just be grateful. Like, I think this issue comes out a lot in religious settings. And maybe that's why I'm a little sensitive to this particular one. Because if you hang in a lot of religious circles, it's sort of believed that if you are a good Christian, let's say, you will have joy. You will have the fruits of the Spirit. So it's almost like some of these like super Christians, it's like they don't want to feel the bad emotions because what does that mean, right? Maybe that means they're not a great Christian. If they're a really good Christian, they'll, they'll be joyful. So that's almost like they push that aside and act joyful all the time. And It's like, look how great I am. Look how happy God has made me. Uh, I think that's one place where this might come out. Uh, I don't mean to pick on Christians again, but sometimes I just, um, it's it's what I grew up in and I've I've got so many examples um, from that. So what do high EQ people look like in in this case? They won't be afraid of their emotions and they're not afraid to be sad or afraid. And they're able to see that emotion, recognize it, process it in a healthy way so it doesn't become this emotional outburst. And they don't need to push it down and pretend that you know everything's great and they're super happy because they're not afraid of their emotions. So the next sign of low emotional intelligence, and I think a really big one, is that they don't like to open up. And so you're trying to have a relationship with somebody and you might start noticing, wow, this person just never opens up. They never tell me anything that's going on inside. And it's almost like, it's not that they're choosing not to tell you things, it's that they, they can't, they actually can't tell you what they're feeling because they don't even know themselves. They haven't been able to identify, like they might not have the skills to actually look inside themselves, identify that emotion, and then process it, figure out what it means, and then be able to verbalize it. And... Sometimes, you know, this this can be a huge problem in relationships and something that I've talked about in a lot of my videos. Um, what do you do if you're in a romantic relationship with a person that just won't open up? And they won't do it voluntarily. And if you're the type of person who can sort of read people well, you might start trying to dig it out of them and... It's possible if you're a a very high emotionally intelligent person with a lot of empathy and you can read people well that you might even be able to see their emotions better than they can see them themselves. And in those cases, if you start to identify things in them that they don't want to admit, that can induce a bit of rage or. You know That's not something that they like is something I've noticed. So somebody who doesn't understand their own feelings, it's like they they treat those as private and they want that to be off limits. So the problem with this is because they have this mindset that their feelings are private, they will then put that same thing back onto you. They won't ask you about your feelings. They won't expect you to open up. And if you do open up, it it might be very alarming for them or unsettling for them to actually hear your emotions, hear your feelings, uh, to hear how your behaviors are impacted by your feelings. They just don't really have the skills to even understand that and they might be made really uncomfortable by you doing that. So the last sign is kind of rounding all these things together is people with low emotional intelligence might have A really hard time forming meaningful relationships. So these people might, they might have, you know, lots of casual friends or acquaintances or, you know, sports buddies or things like that. But when you actually look, are there any deep meaningful relationships here where there's a high level of emotional intimacy, which is acceptance, trust, and understanding, um, you'll find that people with low EQ have a really hard time even forming those relationships in the first place. So that can be another sign. Whereas people with high EQ have no problem and actually probably crave these types of relationships. And so I've talked on this channel, sort of my struggle in the past of I want deep connections, sort of by default, and sort of my realization over time that a lot of people don't want that, aren't able to do it. Um, whatever the reason, it could be that. In the past, I've just been stuck with people that sort of lower end on on that emotional intelligence spectrum. So now that I've gone through all those signs of low emotional intelligence, I thought I'd go back to the original question. And she had asked how that kind of relates to personality. It seems to me that different people or different personalities, you could say, are better at different things. So while one personality might be very empathetic, that same personality by sort of nature might be worse at reading their own emotions. I think INFJ personalities sort of fall into that. Seems like we're quite good at reading other people. We're quite good at understanding other people's emotions. We're quite interested in other people's thoughts, ideas, and emotions. Um, But when I look back into my past, in my younger years, I think I was confused more often than not about my own feelings, and it's something that I've I've worked on tremendously throughout my 30s, maybe late 20s and my 30s. It's all this self-reflection to actually identify some of this stuff, and going to counselors and having good friends can all contribute to getting better in this area. So on the other hand, let's say you had an INFP, INFPs have dominant introverted feeling, and they might be very good at understanding their own feelings, their own values, this value-based logic. And so I have to wonder if an INFP, let's say an unhealthy INFP or a weak INFP, their struggle might be getting out of themselves to actually understanding other people. And I did a big video on INFPs versus INFJs, and it seems like to me that is the biggest difference between those two types. The INFPs are very self-focused. And I don't mean that in a selfish way, I just mean they're very focused on their own values, their own feelings, their own emotions. There's a lot of self-work, self-reflection is kind of built into that personality. Whereas with the INFJ personality, it's very external, extroverted feeling instead of introverted feeling. It's very other-focused. Social harmony is one of the most important things to an INFJ. It's about feeling other people's emotions, empathy, reading people. And then if you're not careful as an INFJ, you might almost forget to self-reflect back on yourself. So I think with all these personalities, we all have a strength and we all have a weakness. And in order to be highly emotional intelligent, I think the thing is is you're going to have to work on your weaknesses. So in my case, I've really worked on how I feel, trying to dig those emotions out, trying to process those emotions in a healthy way. Trying to open up to other people instead of just trying to dissect them and cause, you know, ask them to open up. So I guess the answer to the question is, I think in order to have high emotional intelligence, you have to be a healthy person. You have to kind of round yourself out. You you have good self-reflection, but you also are able to reflect on other people, and you're allowed. You're able to be open, but you're also able to allow other people to be open and be themselves without, you know, pressing yourself onto them. And, you know, the whole personality thing is funny because I go back and forth on it, to be honest. I think this is super valid. This is something that we should all pay attention to. And then other times I think, You know, as you become a healthier person, do you just come towards the middle of all these personalities? You might still have tendencies towards a certain thing, but if you work on your weaknesses enough, will those become strengths? Almost to the point where you're kind of becoming this, this mix of all the best parts of all the personalities. I mean, these are the types of questions I have that I don't really have answers to. It does seem like when you're unhealthy in a personality that it's almost like you become the stereotypes of those personalities more than if you're a healthy version of it. If you're a healthy version of the personality, it might even be harder to really identify which personality you most relate with. I don't know that for sure. It's just uh, something I've been thinking about. Anyway, thanks so much for that question, which kind of encouraged me to finally do this video. I've been sort of keeping it in my notes for a while. And if you guys have any questions about this topic, feel free to leave them below or leave me an audio question. The link is in the description. I really like the audio questions. I think it's uh, it's really nice to hear people's voices. Sometimes you guys all get to hear my voice all the time, um, but I like to hear people's voice in return. So anyway, I hope you got something out of that and I hope you guys have a great day. See you later.